In this episode of the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast, we talk with Captain Quanquita Wright of 65th Medical Brigade's Behavioral Health Team, who provides a lot of good advice about how to stay mentally fit during the winter doldrums, a time of the year when the holidays away from family, the cold weather, and early sunsets can definitely affect our mental health. I'm Staff Sergeant Adam Ross, the 19th ESC Public Affairs NCOIC, and this is your 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Wherever you find American troops today, you'll find the men of the Transportation Corps. Enough and on time. That's the story we tell you today. The story of the Army Quartermaster Corps. These youthful servicemen are members of the Army's Military Police Corps. One of the most important forces behind the lines. The Army Ordnance Corps. Welcome back to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Once again, I am Staff Sergeant Adam Ross, Public Affairs NCOIC here at 19th ESC, and today I'm happy to welcome Captain Quanquita Wright. She's with Behavioral Health here on in Area 4. Um, you're based at Camp Carroll? Camp so, Carroll, yes. Okay. Well, welcome welcome to the studio, ma'am, and uh, really a pr- privilege to have you here on the podcast. Could you tell me a little bit about your current uh, job here on, on Area 4? So currently I serve as the only uniform behavioral health officer down here in Area 4. And so the multi-D clinic, multidisciplinary clinic, which is behavioral health, is split into two. There's Camp Carroll and then there's Camp Walker. Uh, With the majority of soldiers and kind of like clinical needs being at Camp Carroll, I am placed at Camp Carroll. And the clinic chief, uh, Ms. Mimi Lisenberg, serves here at the Camp Walker clinic in addition to providers additional providers at Camp Carroll and both at Camp Walker. And what what brought you to the behavioral health side of the Army? What, what What's your background on that? So, short story, really. Uh, so, I enlisted and was a 35 Mike, which is an interrogator. So, I did two deployments as an interrogator, and on my second deployment, I did a lot of volunteer work with the chaplain, and my chaplain was like, I really think you should commission and become a social worker. I didn't know that I was not aware that the Army actually had a social work program. Started looking into it uh, and end up dropping both of my OCS packet and my social work direct commissioning packet at the same time. And I was selected as a behavioral health officer. And so here I am almost seven years later. Wow. Behavioral health officer. Okay, great. And so tell us a little bit about what behavioral health resources are available um, here in Area 4. So for Area 4, we have, of course, we have the individual therapy, group therapy, and medication management. So what resources that we provide to soldiers really depends on what their clinical needs are. We tailor treatment toward what issues and concerns that the soldiers are having here. For our groups, one of the groups that we'll often hear about for 19th ESC uh, is that we ha- we offer the trauma survivors group, which is for female is called for females is called focusing on self, and then we have a new group called finding balance, which actually starts Wednesday, uh, and it is from 10:30 to 11:30, and it is focused on coping strategies, sleep strategies. There's some of the more common trends that we see across Area Four. Okay, and c- can you tell me a little bit about the the coping strategies part of that? So is that for like victims of 
um, domestic violence or what is it for? So the coping strategies group, the intensive coping skills group, is something that is going to be open to any service member. So they do not have to be directly engaged in care. They can come to the Camp Carroll Clinic if they're at Camp Carroll and at the front desk can be uh, enrolled into the group or they can contact the Walker Clinic or walk into the Walker Clinic and ask to be enrolled in the coping skills group. We really just want to help individuals develop better strategies to how we deal with stress or mal-anxiety or sleep disturbance and something that any of us can face on a day-to-day basis. Um, so let's let's follow on to that. How, how would you describe some of the mental health challenges you've observed um, going back to 2020 with, with some of the patients you saw? So I would say I PCS'd here August 2020. I came from, uh, Fort Hood, from Fort Hood, Texas. So a lot of the trends that we see are pretty generalized across the across of the army across the civilian sector when we look at those uh, specifically for soldiers here in area four we've seen a lot of adjustment issues right uh, so a lot of soldiers have typically travel when they're overseas somewhere but do, with the COVID restrictions there hasn't been a lot of traveling allowed and a lot of people just been teleworking so socialization has really been uh, impacted and then of course we see distress so stress can come from just anything geographical separation isolation uh, just significant changes happen in our life transition so a lot of those things we see so in 2021 so it January 2021, right? So for January, Rand Corporation, which does a lot of studies, I'm sure you're well aware mm-hmm. of that, uh, actually did a study to look at the psychological distress during the first month of the pandemic. And what they actually found that these factors was very similar to what they see on an annual basis. And so people are just having typical, typical stressors, right? You know, how do I manage being away from family? Or how do I manage not being able to socialize? Or how do I manage my sleep concerns, my day-to-day distressors? So a lot of the trends and challenges have remained the same, pretty consistent. Okay, and, and when you mentioned the socialization issues, the, you know, the lack of interaction with people because of the COVID, what are some common tips you give to those patients who see you talking about that? So some of the most common things that I always share is to be creative, right? Find a way to remain connected to people. I know social media is a big way that we connect, but a lot of things that we can see on social media can also create additional distress for us. So we want to ensure that we have a, ability, a way to unplug, unplug from social media and actually call people, right? FaceTime people, have some face-to-face interaction, even though physically you may not can be in the same place, we can still implement that where we can still have a conversation and I can still see you and you can still see me. Uh, another thing that I always talk to people about is the importance of rest, right? Sometimes we take for granted how important it is for us to just decompress, right? So just when you come home from work, one of the things that I help my patient actually work for, when you come home from work is to create a boundary, right? So whether that's you're like, I'm going to put my phone down and for 30 to 45 minutes, I'm not going to get on social media. I'm not going to make phone calls. I'm only going to answer phone calls if these things come up, which is obviously very important because sometimes as leaders, we can't just not answer our cell phones because things could be uh, things could be of great importance and we need to respond. But just kind of creating some time that allows you to kind of decompress, whether that's if you're driving to and from work, maybe listening to an audiobook, maybe creating a playlist that helps you decompress, de-stress, so when you get home to your family, you're actually able to be engaged. So sometimes the, the social and social media can be 
a drag on that. On, Absolutely. On, mm-hmm. Sometimes social media could be too social, right? You know, and I don't think we often consider that because it is a way that we remain connected to people. And, and for a lot of people, they get news from there. They get different things from social media. But at some point, we have to really unplug from things and really focus on our own self-care. Self-care is something you hear a lot about when it comes to like behavioral health and really addressing, like, addressing some of your stresses. You hear a lot of providers talk about self-care. And so staying on self-care, ma'am, so how do, how do you manage that? How do you um, address your own mental health? So I like to tell people I have a very good self-care plan, right? and I think it's very effective. So for uh, while I was deployed as a behavioral health officer, one of the things that I did was I built a very strong relationship with the chaplain corps. Uh, and so they would serve as someone that I myself, even as a therapist, could kind of go to and talk about stresses that were happening uh, for myself. One of the other things that I do, I really stay focused on boundaries. Right? You know, everything sounds like an opportunity, right? You know, someone emails us, someone asks us, can you come to this event? It sounds like an opportunity to socialize or be engaged, but sometimes that can be overwhelming for us. If we're already exhausted through the through the week, it's, uh, that could just be one more thing on our to-do list. And so creating boundaries. That's, I, I am okay with telling people no and understand that it is nothing personal, right? It just may be other things that I need to focus on for myself. Uh, I do yoga, I focus on meditation, uh, working out, right? So I'm typically the type of person that'll be in the gym around 5 a.m., you know, get my workout in, go shower, read before I go to work. I usually spend about 30 minutes doing a little bit of reading before I go to work. Sometimes it's something about work or some professional, and sometimes it's just something fun, right? You know, that can add some laughter to me, kind of, keep my mood pretty stable and keep me pretty happy. And again, socialization and then for me, spirituality. Spirituality is very important to me as well. Okay. And so we've, we've heard a lot about the military having kind of a stigma about seeking mental health help or uh, maybe even people who are new to the military, they've never sought it out, period. And so how do, how, how do you help people like that who are maybe uncomfortable with coming to a person like you? So the first thing I always focus on myself as a provider is what would I expect, right? So not as a therapist, what would I expect as an individual for someone? First thing that I do is when I engage people, I make it seem like it's just a conversation, right? And so the first time you may come and see me, you know, I'm not looking for, you know, everything that's ever happened to you. I'm really just looking for us to build some rapport so that you can feel comfortable. So I typically start off with asking people to share something like, Uh, share something about themselves like you know where are you from you know what was something great that happened to you in the last two weeks so really focusing on people's strengths so just allowing them to calm down and kind of uh, kind of relax and so we're we find ourselves in the new year you know it's 2021 everyone saw the 2020 memes you know we're done with 2020 so how, how do you is the new year an opportunity for people to kind of set new goals, have new optimism for mental health? Uh, Absolutely. So I saw a lot of funny memes that was like trash, you know, trash 2020, you know, 2020 was garbage. Uh, And the one thing that I say is that uh, there were a lot of challenges that happened in 2020. Some that we were prepared for, had been exposed to before, and others that we were not. But to highlight the many positive things that happened in 2021, whether that was, you know, something minor like, you know, I went from, 
uh, not going to the gym at all to going to the gym, you know, twice a week. Like those minor accomplishments are very important, right? Focusing on our strengths. And every year, every day is really a time that we can focus on what we did well, right? You know, what our strengths are and what areas we can improve. So when we look at goal setting, we always look at what's called SMART goals, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic or reliable and time, timely, right? So setting SMART goals, and even as you're waiting to achieve, achieve a larger goal, let's say you're like, I'm gonna focus on my degree, right? Is acknowledging those steps that you're taking to get there. Maybe you submitted an application and, and got accepted into college. Like that's a huge accomplishment and that's working towards your larger goal. So really focusing on the here and now and things that you are doing to work toward a larger goal. Okay, and so even if a soldier doesn't want to come visit you in person or maybe they don't have they don't feel like they have the time what are some resources also available to them outside of visiting your office like on, online or otherwise so here we have we have the uh, MFLAC military family life consultant that's a huge resource in here we have military one source uh, that's actually uh, online and soldiers can call the 1-800 number and kind of schedule there uh, and the DOD has a lot of telehealth apps you know I know we all pr probably have apps on our phone and some of the most common ones that I typically share is the COVID coach app because that help they in that app they talk about sleep strategies they talk about how to manage stress how to manage anxiety how to manage you know periods of sadness and then the breathe to relax app which is really focused on meditating right so walking yourself through maybe 10 to 15 minutes of just calming yourself down and then the virtual hope box there you can put in positive things that you find empowering and motivating and so it could be pictures of your family uh, it could be pictures of you out with friends on previous vacations anything that you find that inspires you what are some uh some of your favorite books that you or books or Anything on, on like a streaming show or anything like that or videos? Do you have anything that you'd like to share with people to help them kind of cope or reset themselves? Uh, absolutely. So I anybody who probably works with me would tell you that I'm always talking about reading. <laughs> so for books, I'll just share kind of a few. So one would be Get Out of Your Mind and Into Your Life, which is by Stephen Hayes. He's a pioneer in acceptance and commitment therapy. It's a self-help book that someone can order off of Amazon, and you can work through it individually or you can, if you're in therapy, you can work through it with your provider as well. And next will be the proven power of being kind to yourself. Uh, I always talk to always talk to soldiers, even those not engaged in care, about the importance of self-compassion, right? The importance of being empathetic with ourselves. Uh, and then mind over mood, right? Which, again, is a self-help resource, a workbook that you can order off Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any of those online sites, and that you can work through individually. And I'm a huge fan of podcasts. So there's a lot of different podcasts online that I listen to. One of the ones I probably listen to regularly, frequently, would be anything by Brene Brown, who's a huge pioneer in the social work world. Definitely. And so just like you found our podcast, any cool. any podcast app, you can search. Do you remember the name of her podcast? It's called Unlocking Us. Okay, great. And well, thank you so much for stopping by, ma'am. Uh, one last question. Um if someone wants to contact your office, what is the best way for them to do that? So the best way to contact Behavioral Health, we have the Walker Clinic here. You can contact them at 315-737-4784. Or you can call the Camp Carroll Clinic, which the last word is 4236. And they will be able to direct you to whether you're looking for individual therapy, medication management. We'll be able to get you some resources. Okay, and those numbers will also be available in the <coughs> description of this episode. 
And I want to thank our guest today again for coming by, Captain Quanquita Wright. Thank you so much. Thank you and, for having me. Yeah, thank you and for having Happy me. New Year. And same to you. All right. Thank you. Thank you, man. In the next 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast, we talk with Material Support Command Korea about their vital mission supporting not only 19th ESC, but the 8th Army mission here in the Republic of Korea. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast on your podcast app of choice. Until next month, stay safe, and remember, every soldier counts. This is First Lieutenant James Rainey with the 19th ESC Surgeon Cell. Remember to continue following the core tenets. Protect yourself by staying ready and resilient. Have a proper work and life balance. Protect your bubble by minding the meter and mask at the ready. Avoid large groups and crowds. Protect others. Feeling sickly? Leave quickly. Call the USFK COVID hotline if you feel any symptoms. This number is 050-3337-2556.